Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, guns are said to be the number one way that people take their own lives, and that's why it's so important to keep them locked up. With us today is a man who knows a lot about gun safety. Rowdy Reeve is a part owner of Rowdy's Range and Shooter Sports here in St. George, and he's also a prevention specialist with the Southwest Behavioral Health Center here in St. George. Thanks for joining us today, Rowdy. You bet. Thanks, Melissa, for that's having a, me out. That's a lot on your plate there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of it makes it sound like I'm more important than I am, but, you know, but <laughs> well, I'll take it. Well, you know your stuff. First of all, <laughs> give us a little bit of background about yourself um, and, and why you decided to become involved with Reach for Hope Coalition. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like you said, I am part owner of Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply. It's an indoor shooting range here in Southern Utah. I'm born and raised here. Uh, Born and raised uh, in the great state of Hurricane Utah, or Hurricane, <laughs> depending on how long you've lived there. Right. Uh, so we we started this indoor shooting range uh, back in in 2013, 2014 is kind of when we opened our doors for the range itself. And uh, how I got involved with the Reach for Hope Coalition was, uh, unfortunately, a few months after we started uh, opened our doors, we had a death by suicide on our range, and uh, at the time, all of our staff were kind of like, ooh, you know, that's intense. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And they had questions. How do we, should we have done more? Should we have done nothing? What What more could we have done? And so uh, as owners, we reached out to the Southwest Behavioral Health Center and we kind of asked for them, for their help. And they sent Teresa Willie, uh, who's I think been here before. Right. She came out and she taught a QPR suicide prevention class for our staff at the range and I sat in on that class and just thought that was such a great class. I mean, we talked about uh, signs to look for and if you notice these signs, uh, what steps to take after that. And after that class, I thought, wow, I really kind of want to be a part of that. And so I contacted Teresa and asked her how how I could uh, help out in that sort of thing. And so she got me certified to teach this class, uh, the QPR class. And I volunteered to teach that for a few uh, few years, and then uh, I just felt like, man, I really kind of want to do more. I sent her an email once asking her, is there any more that I could do in regards to this? And it was a pretty quick response. She's like, yeah, you can be a part of this uh, coalition. And uh, I didn't look back, just thought it was a great thing. And so... Right. And, now I'm here. And now you've moved forward as a prevention specialist as well. So yep. you've got a bigger role in that. Let's talk a little yep. bit about guns, uh, which you're a specialist in as well. <laughs> <laughs> they are the number one method of a person taking their own life, um, but they really don't have to be. We're finding out that, that if we put a lot of education into, you know, gun ownership and gun safety and things that, that people, you know, will take heed of that and I, and we're and, and along on the range as well. So here, let's play a, a video message and share this with, with our, our viewers. Okay. There is no better feeling than being on the range. When we teach firearms on the range, safety is our first priority. 
We teach the safe handling of firearms in every course of fire because we in the shooting community take firearms very seriously. It doesn't matter our skill level, whether we are the competition shooter, the self-defense shooter, or simply the casual shooter on the weekend. We strive to make safety our priority. So why does that safety mindset take a back seat when we leave the range and go home? Firearm safety at home is just as important as firearm safety on the range. We understand that firearms are an effective tool for protecting your family and home against attack. But we also know that locking up firearms and firearm safety is just as important at home as it is on the range. In fact, locking up a firearm may save the life of a loved one who might be suffering from a mental health issue. 86% of firearm deaths in Utah are suicides, so putting time and distance between someone who may be thinking about suicide and lethal means or firearms may save a life. Together we know that the shooting community and the mental health community can make a difference. So take the time to lock up your firearms. There was Teresa in the in the ad as well. Yep. Um, that message is is really one that makes you look look at at it and look at safety. How much of that do you do out on your range then now compared to maybe before? Uh, that's a great question, and I really like that video. I, I really like that it can show that uh, there is a relationship between the mental health community and the firearms community. One that a lot of people in the firearms community kind of step back from and, and I think that they're doing a disservice there but when you get down to it it's kind of interesting because when you're on the range teaching a class and it doesn't matter if it's like a, a one-day class a four-hour class or a five-day class anybody that's that's I, I say this a lot anybody that's worth anything any instructor that's worth anything will teach firearm safety on their on their range regardless uh, it's we teach it in every class that we've taught as far as firearms go as far as what it's been like before I, I can't I can't really comment on that just because ever since I started taking a structured firearms class on a range where I am shooting a firearm safety has been taught um, in these classes I've heard of instructors that just kind of brush it off and things like that but uh, I think it's important it's key I mean firearm safety should be uh, in everybody's vocabulary when if you're if you're having a firearm it's part of being a responsible gun owner right and I think that's huge right now I remember taking hunter safety when I yep. was 12 years old and going out and and uh, knowing where to, to not point the gun yep yep <laughs> how to how to store it how to travel with it everything yep. so I really think it's important to start young if you're going to have kids have access to to weapons that they understand that they are and can be lethal sure um Another reason why I believe that we're seeing an increase in in firearms being used uh, as a method for suicide is among middle-aged men. And you also did this commercial uh, that, that's out. Let's take a look at this one. Okay. Middle-aged men are the most at-risk demographic for suicide. We are just as likely as anyone else to experience major suicide risk factors, including depression, drug and alcohol abuse, and access to lethal means. However, we are less likely to access mental health services. Seeking help is a sign of strength, not weakness. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out. Stay healthy for those who love you and depend on you. We need you to take care of yourself so that you'll be able to take care of us. We love you. We want you to be here for us. If you are in crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. 
That's 1-800-273-8255. Now, for people who couldn't physically, visually see that ad, you were sitting there um, kind of in despair, but not moving, just looking while the kids were wrapping around the table and, and they were trying to talk to you and talk amongst themselves, but you were really not there. You were kind of zoned out. Tell us what what that was trying to portray. You know, I think when we're middle-aged men, when we are, when we're in a crisis, I mean, we, our mind kind of is consumed by that, I think sometimes. And, and for me, when, when we were even doing that video, uh, it, it's funny because when we were doing that video, uh, I, I sat there for 15, 20 minutes and just, just to get into that role, uh, I, I just kind of pictured myself in with my own family and kind of what that would be like if I wasn't a part of that family. And I think that's, that's, that's part of it is just as, as middle-aged men, when we get into that crisis, we just, it consumes us. I, I guess that's the best way I can think to, to explain that. It just consumes us. That's all we think about. And we don't pay attention to the, our surroundings. We don't pay attention to, um, our loved ones that maybe are trying to reach out to help us, uh, cause they, they're going to notice something's up. They're going to notice something's wrong. And, uh, that's, that's just kind of, kind of the way it is. I don't know if that sounds Yeah. Right. That's why I was going to ask how, why, why, um, why middle-aged age men? Is it, is it something that processes in the brain to think that you're maybe getting older or I, I just, I don't know why are, would middle-aged men be the ones that would be the highest risk? Uh, you know what? I think there's a, a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, I think a lot of it is, Hey, we're, we're uh, for me personally. I mean, there's been moments where I have sat here cause I'm, I'm kind of the uh, middle-aged man that's, that's kind of hanging out there. And I, for me, there's been moments where I'm like, Holy cow, I'm, <laughs> I'm moving on in years and I really haven't accomplished what I, what I want to accomplish, man, I feel like a failure. And then that just kind of like a snowball going downhill. It just kind of evolves from that. I'm speaking for myself personally. I think right. each person's different, right. but, but the depression's there and the, and the anxiety's there. It's just, and depends. that's why we need to recognize those signs and get right. help uh, right away. Yes. Um, but firearms are also accessed by youth. And this is a big one because mm-hmm. parents need to understand that youth, um, you know, if they don't store these, these weapons properly, that, that youth can get a hold of those too. Let's take a look at another video that, that, that shows about that. And this one's a message by the Utah Prevention Suicide Coalition. Great. Mom. Dad. Try to understand. Sometimes I'm gonna be a little impulsive. Sometimes I'm gonna be a lot impulsive. I mean, I'm a teenager. Like when I went through that really bad breakup. To you, it may have been no big deal. But to me, it was my whole world. It was my whole life. Remember when I got arrested? I actually thought that I would never be able to show my face in school again. And when that rumor about me started spreading. All over social media. I, um, I thought it would never end. Like, I thought the only solution was for me to end. Not to freak you out or anything. But the leading cause of death in Utah for teens is suicide. And nearly half of those suicides are from firearms. And sorry, but they're usually yours. So help us out here. Because we may be impulsive, but we want to live. Almost all the time. But in case there are times that we forget, keep your guns and ammo locked up safely. Keep your guns and ammo locked up safely. Locked up safely. Because doing this little thing can make a big difference. 
I think that was very powerful. <laughs> I was just going to say that's a powerful message it, right there. It is. It's the kids yep. telling, here's, here's what we're going to do, and it's yours. Yeah. Um, how do we store our weapons, and should we store the ammunition sa- separately? What do we do? Absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. Storing our firearms is really important. It is, it is, there is no substitute for it when you, when you think about it. When we get home, uh, when I get home from the range, I'll use me as an example. I get home from the range. I've been out shooting. I've been out doing my thing with, with firearms. I get home and whatever firearms I've taken with me, they go immediately into the safe and they're locked up. They're locked up away from, from my kids. I've taught my kids, uh, from, from as early early on, I was going to say from day one, but from early on, I've taught my kids safe handling of firearms. Don't, don't be messing around with these firearms kind of thing. So they're pretty aware of it, but I don't want them to ever be in a spot where an accident can happen. And so I keep them locked up. And the funny thing is I I teach firearms uh, on the range and I also teach a suicide prevention class. And when I talk about locking up your firearms on the range with, with people that are there shooting, I incorporate that into every class that we teach and it's accepted. Everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Like lock them up, keep the ammo away from the firearm and lock them up, keep keep them out of the reach of kids. And everybody agrees with that. Mm -hmm. So that terminology is great. When I teach a suicide prevention class and there are gun owners in that class and I teach, I teach the exact same uh, thing. I don't even change the wording. I'll teach the exact same thing. But if I put a suicide in front of it or suicide prevention in front of it, all of a sudden there's a little bit of pushback. They're like, why are you telling me to do this? I'm not telling you anything that's different that you haven't learned from any type of um, NRA class or hunter's education or concealed carry permit class that you've ever taken. I'm not teaching you anything new. It's just... uh, Unfortunately, suicide is a taboo word for, for gun owners, for anybody, I think, really. But Right. So. Now, there are gun uh, locks, which yep. we saw in the one video, um, but there's also gun safes. And you yes. uh, recently paired up with Reach for Hope Coalition, and uh, they, they got some gun safes from you. Tell us a little bit about that and who those are for and who might be eligible to get a, a gun safe. Absolutely. So, yeah, Rowdy's Range and the Reach for Hope Coalition kind of got together and— uh, we got uh, the Reach for Hope Coalition purchased uh, a, a lot of these biometric safes by, uh, from Liberty Safe. And if I mention biometric safe, uh, there's a lot of gun owners out there like, okay, uh, those are really nice safes. Liberty Safe uh, does a really a really good job on that. But what we do is we offer those um, for people that that are that meet a criteria or requirements or, or there. Uh, for one, they have to have a firearm in the home. Uh, and then, uh, that has to be one of the, the factors. The other factors has to be that, uh, they have to, uh, maybe their therapist, they've talked to a counselor and, and, or a therapist and the therapist is saying, Hey, we need to get them a safe or, uh, our smart team from the Southwest centers has visited their home. Or if they've had uh, previous suicide attempts, uh, things like that. If, if they meet any of that criteria, then we have a form for them to fill out. They fill out that form, and then if they if they meet that criteria, then they get a safe, a biometric safe, and they're really nice. It's it's a really great great thing that these uh, Rowdy's Range and the Reach for Hope Coalition is doing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm sure everybody should have one, even yep. if they can't get that one particularly. They should have some kind of a safe 
to, to place their weapons in. Absolutely. Um, the coalition put out a series of, of Spotify ads on the radio to reach youth as well. Uh, talking about lethal means and and uh, the seriousness of, of those problems. Let's let's take a listen to that. Hi, I'm Teresa, a member of the Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition. Did you know that in Utah, firearms are the leading method for suicide? Reach for Hope and the firearms community are working together to prevent suicide. Remember, there's more to protecting your family than just from attack or accident. Please lock up your firearms to protect your family, your friends, and your freedom. If you're in crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or click here for more information. Now, obviously, they can't click here, but that's just right. one example. And the graphic that we had over that, uh, for those who couldn't see it, talked about locking up alcohol and other lethal means as well. Um, tell us a little bit about lethal means means lethal means. It could be alcohol should be in a safe place, too, as well as your prescription medication, correct? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think it's uh, – sometimes we do get – especially in this community, we get hung up on firearms. When we talk about locking up things, we talk about firearms because it's right there. Um, it's 86% of all suicides are, are done with a firearm. But what that other percentage was, where does that come from, right? And we, we, we talk about overdoses with prescription medication and uh, alcohol and things like that. It's just a good practice. It's a good thing to lock up those things that can harm our, our youth, ourselves. Right. Yeah. Very good. Um, you've also co-founded a positive empowerment initiative on mm. YouTube yep. here in St. George with Dave Harris here at the Dixie yep. State University. Uh, he's a professor. How did you guys come about this and what kind of things do you talk about? Uh, you know, that's kind of an interesting, interesting story. Dave and I have been friends since I think we met the summer before eighth grade. So it was a long time ago. Uh, but we, we've been friends since then. We've, we've kind of had this, uh, uh, this outlook on life that's just kind of, hey, let's live and have fun and, and that sort of thing. We got together in 2019 and we were talking about all the, all the negativity, all the, all the weird stuff going on and especially with youth. And we were just kind of like, oh my gosh, how can we help this? What can we do to help? And Dave, Dave's actually the one that spearheaded it. He came up with this uh, kind of the positive empowerment initiative and he he said, hey, we should figure out, uh, you know, take these everyday occurrences or these things in life that most people see as negative, And we should just help to promote the positive that that's in life in, mm -hmm. in general. And so we we try to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we we mention things in life that maybe get people down, may depress people. And we just say, hey, you know, we, we don't understand what you're going through. Nobody can really understand what you're going through. But but there's more to life than and this you're not alone and and you can there's ways to get around what you're what you're doing so in life we tend to do that don't we right. we make a mountain out of a molehill we yep. blow everything up bigger than it might be because our mind is very powerful yep. and what we do with it sometimes we get that fear factor in there yep. and we really don't know uh how else to do it um unless if we train it to calm down uh what kind of tips do you have on what maybe people could do in that moment um, to just calm down or think, oh, wait, I need to redirect, you know, kind of say, okay, this isn't as big as I might be making it. Or even if it is, 
I got to go for a walk or I got to go run or I got to, I got to do something besides think of things that might be more dangerous. Yeah. And I think you, you just hit the nail on the head with that one. I, one of the best things that people can do, and this is something I do or try to do on a regular basis and it's simple, but it's probably one of the best things you can do. Take a walk, uh, just get outside, get some air. I mean, nowadays it's, uh, especially with the things that have been going around around in communities lately, uh, we may feel like quarantined or we're, we're home more. And, uh, that has its good points. That has its bad points. And part of that is we, we need to get out more, walk around. Uh, just the other day, uh, one of my kids was feeling kind of bummed out and he's like, man, this is not good. And I'm like, Hey, we should get out. Let's go for a walk. Or you should get out and go for a walk and go do something. And we talked about the benefits of that. It's something so simple. Just get out, walk, um, get away from the screen time. Right. Little things like that, I think we take for granted, and that's what we need to do. That's right. Yeah. Even if we're listening to a podcast. <laughs> a really <laughs> good walking, podcast. A good yeah. one, right? Yeah. Um, how do we reach out to others then? How do we notice? We see these signs. What do we do for them? How it, it, you know, it might be kind of hard if you see a stranger who's sitting there depressed on a bench. Um, what do we say? What do we do? That is a good question because a lot of the time it's, it's not as easy as it sounds, especially for a lot of people. It's like, oh my gosh, am I going to go talk to this person? I think, uh, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would notice, we notice more than what we think we do. If somebody's not doing well that day, we pick up on that. And, uh, whether we, uh, act on that or not, I, I like to consider myself a fairly, um, good people person. I like to talk to people. I like to meet new people. For me, it may not be as hard, but I know people that the, the, just the idea of them approaching somebody, whether they know them or not is earth shattering. They won't do it, mm -hmm. but there's so many different ways that we can do that. I think just letting somebody know that you're there mm -hmm. to listen to them if they want to talk is a huge thing. If you notice a friend that may be going through something, all it takes is uh, a, a call, a conversation face to face, or even now we got that beautiful thing called texting. It's been around for a little while. Right. If I notice something from somebody and I'm like, oh, but I'm maybe a little shy about approaching them, I'll text them. Hey, I noticed this. I'm here if you need to talk. Um, just somebody knowing that somebody else is out there ready to listen is huge. And, and just a simple smile yep. if you don't have your mask on, right? <laughs> you don't have your mask on. Actually, I saw a little kid the other day and I smiled at her and I had my mask on. And I was like, how did she know I was smiling at her? And I yep. asked her mother that. She said, she can see it in your eyes. Yeah. So even though our faces may be covered, there is more to that. Absolutely. I, I, I'm the same way. I'll smile at people and, and I don't know if they can see it or not. And then I, then I realized I've got these really horrible smile lines right here <laughs> on my eyes and, and people either think I'm creepy or I'm smiling. I don't know. So. <laughs> but take that time. It's important to take that time to Absolutely. reach out to people because that's what we're here. Uh, yep. Real quickly now, uh, how, how does the Southwest Behavioral Health Center been reaching out besides all this? You do a lot of speaking and, and they've been reaching out as well. Yeah, there's they've been doing some great things. One of the things that, uh, two of the things that I really kind of want to make mention is to get the word out there. We, uh, if you contact the Southwest Center, we do QPR, question, persuade, or refer, suicide prevention classes for free that to anybody that wants to, to host that and we'll come out and teach it. We've got a lot of different instructors to do that. So we do that on a regular basis. But one thing that we've been doing lately that has been kind of beneficial is we've been incorporating more of the QPR curriculum into the concealed carry permit 
classes that, that we teach and, uh, or that I teach. And so they can take this class, they get, uh, kind of the best of both worlds. And I think reaching out that way has been, has been good. It's been something new that we've been doing, but, but it's been fun. It's been yeah. good. I mean, any little bit that you can do to help out there and, and we need to talk about that. That's why we have this, this radio show and we're, we're vodcast and we're getting this out because people need to know more about that. We can talk about this issue. It's not taboo anymore. Nope. I agree with you. I, I think the more that we can actually just, uh, in any aspect, talk about it more, it gets out. And I, you know, you, Melissa, you've been almost every big event that I've ever gone to suicide prevention wise, you've been there, you've been, uh, videotaping or, or doing a story on that. And I think that goes a long way as well. Right. So, uh, my hat goes off to you for that. Oh, I think well, that's great. You. And it's all part of getting out there and talking to people. That's right. And, uh, and my job, I, I, I kind of consider that my job as a firearms instructor is to bring that to the firearms community. So, right. Anything we can do to help. That's, yep. that's what we're supposed to do. Any last uh, quick thoughts? Uh, quick thoughts is, uh, smile a lot to those around you. And, uh, if you if you see anybody in crisis or, or feel like somebody might be in crisis, reach out to them. Uh, the fact that you do reach out to them says a lot. Yeah. And the other part, uh, I just want to say thank yeah. you so much for joining us and, and for all your expertise and everything <laughs> that you're doing out there, because obviously you're doing a great job of, of, of locking up our firearms. And, and as Raddy said, remember, lock up your firearms, keep them out of uh, reach of your family and members and children. And uh, if you need help, reach out. Uh, take care. Thanks for watching. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 talk because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.